It is good to see you tonight. We are glad that you are here. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We introduced the book last week. We began to talk a little bit about it. And it is among the most practical books in all of Scripture. It is God's wisdom shared with humanity. And there is much to be learned and gleaned and a great many lessons we can learn. We'll begin with lesson number one tonight, and that begins in verse number eight. By way of introduction, we read verse seven last week. We actually talked about one to seven, among other things. I believe one of the key verses would be verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There is much to be said in this book about instruction, uh, and about the receiving of instruction. It is a wise person that can receive instruction and take that instruction and live it out in their lives. Sometimes you hear people say, well, experience is the best teacher. That's actually not true. Experience certainly is a teacher, but so often in life it would be better to let instruction be the best teacher to let what God says be sufficient to follow after, and that way a great many bad experiences could be avoided, and thus you could learn not from experience but from revelation or God's wisdom. The first lesson that is broached in the book from the father to his son is mind the company you keep. Be mindful of those with whom you run, if you will. Those people you hang out with, those people you call friends, be very mindful of them. And so we began in verse number 8. We'll work our way down to verse number 19, and then we will pick up next week, Lord's will, on lesson number 2. But lesson number 1 begins here, mind the company you keep. We began with verse number 8, where the father makes a plea to his son. A plea is made, and that plea is, hear my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. That's actually going to be a pretty consistent thought throughout the book. Both the father and the mother are going to be said to be instructing. And I'll say it later, let me say it now, this should be among the greatest counselors we have. Our parents, our fathers and our mothers who love the Lord and are striving to live that out, who then would take their counsel from him and then give it to us. They love us more than anybody else. They've done more for us. They care more about us and the outcome of our lives. Who better to get instruction from than our fathers and our mothers? And so the plea is made, my son, hearken or listen. And that really involves more than just hearing. The word in my rendering is hear. King James might say, hearken. Well, he's not talking about simply the audible sound of my voice. I don't know if you've ever heard the expression of your mother or father says, did you hear me? Typically, your mother and father is not asking, did, you, did your ear work? and provide the audible sounds into your—is that what—that's not what they're saying. What they mean is, did what I say sink down deeply into your heart and then move your feet? Did you hear me? 
Because if they instructed you to do something, they had in mind that when you heard it, you would obey it. That's what's being described. Hear me, my son. Listen to my instruction. Well, what's the instruction? He starts with, there are promised benefits. What happens if you listen, if you'll obey? Verse number 9, he says, indeed, they are graceful or a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. What will happen if you listen to me? It will order your life. It will beautify your life. It will bless you, body, soul, and mind. It will arrange your life orderly. It will help you in every way. In fact, that's a frequent theme throughout the book where the instruction will be viewed as being more precious than gold, that it will be something you can wear, an ornament, that it will be better than fine rubies and choice silver, that this instruction will bless your life if you will hear me. If you will listen to the instruction, it'll bless your life. You don't have to live a real long time to know that's true. You don't have to get a whole lot of winters behind you before you say, I wish I had listened. If only I had listened. You know what? My father told me. My mother told me. If only I had listened. You already know, if you're of any age, you do know there's value in the wisdom and the instruction. There is benefit and blessing to my life. There are promised benefits, verse number 9, if you will do verse number 8. What happens next is a powerful pronouncement. He begins in verse number 10 down to verse number 14. And the first words after talking about, after the plea to listen, after saying it will bless your life, the first thing out of the gate is mind the company you keep. The first lesson, the first thing the father says is, in beginning in verse number 10, he says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without a cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, even whole as they go down into the pit. We will find all kinds of precious wealth. We will fill our houses with spoil. Throw in your lot with us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not go with sinners. If sinners, the wicked, if they entice you, you know, they're not the, the, the father and mother is not the only one who gives instruction. The father and mother is not the only one who has information. And so the father says in verse 8, my son, listen to me, and it'll bless your life. And immediately is, there's other people who will be talking to you too. And what they will say to you, these sinners is, they will invite you. They are sinners by words and by deeds is described here. Their message flows from their heart, and they seek to move you, my son. As you can tell within their message, there's violence, there's theft. They're going to steal from people. They're going to hurt people. They're going to murder people. There is greed. Children receive many messages. Wisdom would involve listening to the truth. 
Fathers and mothers should be our most trusted counsels, but they're not our only counselors. Fathers and mothers can't be with their children 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. They simply cannot. That's what this book is all about. Where is this child going to go? Out into the world, out into the marketplace. He's going to leave the parents' home. Now, we've read Deuteronomy chapter 6. We know what they should get at home. We know that they should get rising up. We know what they should get walking through the day. We know what should be as frontless between the eyes. We know all of that. But then what do they do? They go out into the world, and guess what? Other people talk to them. And sinners entice. You know, the father does not act as if that doesn't happen. In fact, he says, if they do, son, if sinners entice you, if they invite you, if they say, come, he says, don't go with them. Refuse. Keep yourself away from them. Stop. Do not walk with them. Look, identify them. He's going to describe them further and talk more in depth about what they do and how they are. And so, in verse number 15 down to verse number 19, he gives a profound warning to his son. The first thing he simply says is, son, don't go with them. And then he describes what they are and what they're saying. But the next thing he does is he warns his son. Beginning in verse 15, he says, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path. Why? For their feet run to evil. They hasten to shed blood. Indeed, it is useless to spread the baited net in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who gains by violence. It takes away the life of its possessors. You go back to verse number eight, and he simply begins with this, this plea. And the plea is really simple. It's where all parents really began. My son, listen to me. I'm not going to steer you wrong. I'm not going to tell you wrong. Listen to me. And then he gives his instruction. And then he promises benefits. What will happen if you listen to me? There are benefits to it. Uh, this wisdom that I'm telling you would only be for your good. In fact, every parent of any right-mindedness would tell their children hurriedly, I would never say something to tell you to hurt you. I would never try to steer you wrong. I would never intentionally do that, which I never in a million years. There are benefits to what I'm saying. The third thing he says is, listen, my son, if they should invite you, if they should entice you, do not go with them. And then he gives them this warning. This warning has several parts. And the first thing he says is simply, if they should invite, if they should tell you to throw in your purse with us, we'll all have one purse. He says, stop. Do not walk with them. You know, if the son stopped right there, it would end. If he would reject him outright, it would end. He says, do not walk. Okay, fine. But the father says more than that. The second thing he says in 15 is, keep your feet. Refuse. What happens if you keep your feet? Well, you can't walk. If you stay where you are, stay with us, stay here, stay where we rooted you, stay right there, keep your feet. Don't walk with them. You can't walk with them if you keep your feet. And then he says, look at them, identify their feet. Where are they asking you to go? What kind of people are these? He says in 16, their feet. 
run to evil. Do you see that, son? Do you see where they're going? Do you see what they're doing? Have you identified it yet? Their feet run. What else is going on with them? The disposition of their heart. The second half of 16 says, and they hasten to shed blood. Their feet are running to evil. You know what moves your feet is your mind. What's in their mind? They hasten to do evil. They have given themselves to sin. They're anxious to do it. They delight in it, and they are harming others. And you know what they're doing? They're inviting you to participate. What's going to happen to them? The father would say to his son, they're doomed. Verse 17 and 18, he says, And indeed, it is useless to spread the net, a baited net, in the sight of any bird. What happens if you throw a net in front of the bird and the bird sees it? Well, it's easy to, it's easy to escape. It's useless to do that in the sight of a bird. Don't you see them? It's rather clear, isn't it? He says, but these individuals, they bait their own trap. Verse number 18, he says, but they lie in wait Note the expression, for their own blood. These individuals are self-deceived. They are spreading the net in front of themselves. What's going to happen to their lives? What's going to happen to these decisions? It'll trap them. Who set the trap? They did. You know, when they pitched it to you, it was fun. When they pitched it to you, it was all the rage. Everybody's doing it. Come on and be with us. That's what they're pitching. But they're self-deceived, son. They're not even wise enough to know. They're setting a trap for themselves, and the result will be destruction. They lie in wait for their own blood. The end of verse 18 says, they ambush their own lives. Our lives are the outcome of our choices. And here's a group of individuals who have made up their mind to make choices that are inevitably going to be detrimental to their own lives. Now, sadly, it won't be limited to their own lives because while they're going to ensnare and entrap and destroy themselves, what else did they say? They're going to harm other people. Paul would say it this way, no man is an island. We don't live to ourselves. We don't die to ourselves. No one is alone in this world. When they do this to themselves, they're actually harming other people. They're saying, let's lie in wait for blood. Let's steal from them. Let's murder them. Now, that's a trap for their own lives, but in the wake, they're going to hurt other people. My son, don't go with these individuals. Verse number 19, he finally says to his son, listen, son, this is universal in its application. You are not the exception. What will happen if you throw in your lot with them? You'll notice verse number 19 says, so are the ways of whom? Everyone. Everyone who gains by violence, it takes away the life of its possessor. The father knows that it will happen to his son as well if he goes with them. And so he's saying to his son, you're not the exception, son. Please don't think you are. Please don't listen to the lie that it won't happen to me. Father says, it happens to everyone. If you behave this way, son, it will happen to you. It's not the case that it won't happen. It'll happen to them, but not to you. Don't believe the lie. It won't happen to me. No, it will, son. So is the life of everyone 
father's way of pleading to his son, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Don't be led astray. Don't be a fool. Listen. Listen to your father. Listen to your mother. Or listen to sinners. You know it is the case that he's going to listen to somebody. And the father is pleading, son, listen to me. This wisdom comes from God and it will bless your life. Let me offer one more thought before we close. One more thought. You know, when you read this about these sinners, it might be tempting for someone to say, well, that's not me. And so I'm going to hang out, but I'm not going to participate. I'm going to be around, but not in. And I would urge, don't, don't play that game. Don't fool yourself into believing. The father starts by saying, son, the very first lesson, mind the company you keep. Be careful of the people you call friends. Be careful about the people you allow to be close to you and the people you get close to. Be careful about the people you're intimate with because you will influence them and they will influence you. You notice how the warning began, if sinners, guess what they are already? When they came to you, they had been practicing this. You had to identify them then. When they approached, they were sinners. And they invited, come with us. You know what they're asking you to become? They said to you, my son, when they come, guess what they'll say? They won't just say, come with us. They're not saying, just hang around us. They're not inviting you to get into the vicinity. They're not saying we're going to go do it and you just stay close, but that's not what they're inviting you to do. Look at verse 14. Here's the invitation. Throw in your lot with us. We shall all have how many? One purse. Son, they're inviting you to become one of them. And if you go... You won't just be around them. You won't just be close to them. You will become one of them. What happens to them? Verse number 19. So are the ways of everyone. Son, you will be destroyed just like them, because of evil. On some level, that shouldn't just be limited to our young people. Oh, it should be preached to our young people. It should be taught to our young people. It should be encouraged to our young people. And everybody who loves our young people should be echoing the same things the parents echo and the same things the parents say. 
But has anybody invited you? You know, it doesn't just stop at young people. Sinners don't just invite based on your age. Sinners will invite us all. And they will say the same thing. Come with us. Put your purse in with us and become one of us. Please don't play the game of hanging around, fooling yourself into believing I can be close but not be apart. I'm reminded of Peter who followed the Lord afar off. It wasn't long before he was standing by the fire warming himself. Or maybe Lot who pitched his tent toward Sodom. It wasn't long before he was in the gate. Or maybe Psalms 1, blessed is the man who will not walk in the council, nor stand in the way, nor sit in the seat. None of us are immune from influence, from the people we allow to be very close to us and the people we hang around and commune with. My son, mind the company you keep. Please listen to the words of your father and the words of your mother. If you're not a Christian tonight, we invite you to become one. In chapter 2 of this book, in verse number 6, the Bible will say that this wisdom comes from God. And so God is talking to his children as well. There's a wonderful passage in 1 Corinthians 15, that is said to Christians, and it is much the same as this. Evil communications corrupt good morals or manners. If you're not a Christian, please let God instruct you and become a part of his family. Become his child. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Repent and change your heart and your mind. Confess the name of Jesus and be immersed in water, baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Become a child of God, and God has already given us a family where we can commune and have those around us who will encourage us for good. If you are his child and you've lived in a way that's not pleasing to him, God invites you back, and all we will do is love on you and help you in every way that we can. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing.